Welcome to We Chat Divorce, hosted by Karen Chalou, Legal Liaison, and Katherine Shanahan, CDFA. Each episode, we sit down with divorce professionals and industry experts to provide insights and frank discussions about real people, real situations, and real divorce to help you achieve your best life post-divorce. This episode of We Chat Divorce is brought to you by My Divorce Solution, offering divorce financial planning so clients can secure the divorce settlement they deserve. Visit MyDivorceSolution.com to request access. Welcome to WeChat Divorce. Catherine and I welcome Beverly Price, a CDC certified divorce women's empowerment, pre-meditation coach, and podcast host. Our episode today is all about thinking divorce. It does matter where you start. In this episode, we will discuss how to begin the divorce process right away and even before that first conversation. But first, let's meet Beverly. Beverly has 25 years experience providing one-on-one design coaching with a woman's unique desire for a fulfilling life designed just the way she wants it. Beverly is also the host of her Empowerment Divorce podcast, which focuses on a woman's divorce journey. She has a personal history with divorce, co-parenting, domestic violence, and more. Combining this personal experience with her training, professional certifications, and business knowledge, Beverly helps women by supporting them along their grief journey, helping them to work through resentments, fear, sadness, and shock. Her passion is to help women through their divorce process and recovery journey with its ups and downs to grow from self-doubt to self-love more quickly, with less pain, and more support than she had. She wants women to feel confident, intelligent, and beautiful so that they can live the fabulous lives they were meant to. Beverly lives with her husband and five dogs in Pauley's Island, South Carolina. She's the proud mom of two daughters, two stepdaughters, and two grandsons. Welcome, Beverly. Hi, Karen. Thank you so much. Hi, Catherine. It's great to be here. Though great to have you. I've been looking forward to this. Absolutely. So, Beverly, let's get started. And I'd love for you to share with us and our audience about your story and what, you know, your journey up until now. Absolutely. Well, to start off when I was younger, I was raised in an environment where I didn't have much self-esteem, that the way I viewed my life as being good was if I did things and if I got attention kind of that old reward mechanism system. And I'm not blaming my family at all for this because that's all they knew. But as a result, what happened was I went from one marriage to the next, searching for that attention and that thing that made me feel whole inside and nothing fulfilled that. So that led me to multiple divorces. And unfortunately, with that came domestic violence, both mental, emotional, physical, financial, uh, domestic violence. And the message I want to share with women is that if you go from one relationship to the next without stopping to learn from yourself, to learn about yourself, to learn why you were attracted to the people you were attracted to, then you're doomed to repeat the same patterns over and over. 
And it took me repeating those patterns to finally get to the point I was in so much pain that I was willing to do the deep self-awareness and self-worth to become a different person, to be attracted to different people. You know, I, I always believe that healthy people aren't attracted to sick people and vice versa. So I had to become the kind of person that would want to be attracted to me. And that took years, took a lot of work, a lot of soul searching. And back then we didn't have divorce coaches, but I want women to know that I made it through and they can too, to the other side. Now I'm happily married in a very healthy relationship and it is possible if you're willing to do the work. Anything is possible, right? With the work. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, don't feel... Well, I was going to say, don't feel hard on yourself if you're listening to this because divorce rates the second time around is over 60%. And actually after third time marriages, it's over 70%. And I think and they stop the, there. They don't even go beyond that. <laughs> exactly. And I think it's to your point that, you know, you don't take the time to heal yourself and you jump into the same exact relationship that you grew up with or you're used to, or that you're, you don't, you don't know that you deserve better. Right. Exactly. Uh, you know, financial abuse is something that we talk about a lot. It's and and this type of behavior or your lack of self worth, you know, also bleeds into the professionals you hire. You know, we see Absolutely. a lot of people hiring attorneys that you know they're told to go get this pit bull who might just be a little too arrogant, if you ask me. Um, but they end up telling you what to do all the time. Um, right. So even if you don't go into another relationship, that relationship also bleeds into your professionals. Absolutely. Or the reverse, throw your hands up. Your spouse says, this is what I'll offer. And you go, okay, without dealing with any professional to advise you to learn that you could have gotten a lot more. And I see so many women that come to me five years later, three, five years later and go, oh my God, I wish I hadn't done that. And now they can't change it. It's with them for the rest of their lives. Right. And Beverly, that speaks to your message about doing the work, because when you're coming out of a relationship where it's been controlled, the finances or a whole host of things, it's really hard to move forward and almost impossible if you haven't done the work to start to learn to listen to yourself and people who want the best for you and know what's best for you. Versus what you could have spent your entire life, sometimes all the way back to the way you were parented and and forward. It does take work to reset, reframe, and begin a different way of looking at things. Absolutely. Absolutely. Think about, I, I think about how women have been trained and raised over the years and what's now incorporated into our DNA. And from a financial abuse perspective, Think about how we were raised. Women aren't good at math. We're not good at numbers. We don't understand complex things. Men are smarter than us. So talk about financial abuse. Think about how just that mindset sets the whole stage for financial abuse and any other kind of abuse where there's a power dynamic involved, which is all of them. So true. I have to tell you, um, my dad, the way I was brought up, was very much in that space. And it was just a couple of months ago that I was on the phone with him and he was talking about some financial transactions he was making. And he said, 
You probably won't understand this, but ask your husband to explain. <laughs> oh, I want to know loud. your response. What was oh, your response? <laughs> I'll ask my business partner. She's a female and she knows numbers. <laughs> Oh, my. You know, little does he know that I manage our entire um, household finances now. But, you know, to your point, that is the American culture for yes. the most part. And, you know, it's just been the way it's been. And it did make me laugh out loud. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's good that you laughed and didn't take it seriously. <laughs> no. So, Beverly, let's talk about divorce coaches, um, help people understand, first of all, because there's coaches, there's therapists, and then there's different types of coaches. But let's talk about what is a divorce coach and how you may, how you differentiate yourself. Okay. Probably the first way to look at it is um, contrasting a coach versus a therapist, because that's what a lot of people confuse at a high level. A therapist is really focused backward on your life, childhood issues, childhood traumas, and also some very specialized training such as trauma, PTSD, domestic violence, those kinds of things. A coach is focused forward. They're going to use a goal-setting approach. They're going to work with you to move things forward, not just to analyze, but to cause movement, to cause change. And that's what most people need in a divorce is to move forward. Now, what does a divorce coach do in that process? Well, everything from working on your emotions, guiding you through all the logistics, teaching you skills and being your advocate. So for example, I measure my client's progress over time. I measure their emotions and we track that they're headed in the right direction. I teach them communication skills, negotiation skills, time management skills. I teach them how to manage and regulate their emotions. And I take them through exercises to define what it is, what life they want on the other side, so that they're always in a forward thinking kind of motion. At the very beginning, I start even before the word divorce has been uttered. I work with a client at one stage to help decide if they want to stay or go. I'm not pro-divorce. I would much love for everybody to have a happy marriage, but I help them gain clarity in their decision-making for that. And then I help them with absolutely the most important thing in the divorce, and that is their first conversation with their spouse when they're telling their spouse they want a divorce. Because if that isn't done correctly, that's going to plague them through the rest of their entire divorce. If it's hostile, if it's defensive, what do you think the divorce is going to look like? But if you can be empathetic, if you can be factual, if you can be calm, if you can be direct, but considerate, that can change the face of your divorce process. So what I do in that are those things, plus I do it all one-on-one -on -one in a custom design basis. And one of the things that's unique about me as well is in addition to our sessions, my clients have contact with me throughout the week whether it's text, phone, or email, so that they have continuous support if they need it through the process. 
That's so good because I am a firm believer that it really does matter how you start this process. It's a difficult journey. And for all the reasons for everything that you've said so far and more, when they come through our process, and that's what I want to compare it to a little bit or add value to it is because, you know, finances are the biggest, one of the biggest parts of the divorce process, right? If not the biggest part other than your children. Um, When they come through our process, they're determining whether they want a divorce or not, and based on finances. So they want to know what their life might look like or what information they have or the lack of information they have. But when we have a spouse participate, if that language, when you help them with that language on how to tell their spouse, if you start that conversation saying, you know, I did hire a financial firm that's helping, that that helps look through the financial part of the process. It's less aggressive than saying, listen, I went and hired an attorney and you're getting served tomorrow, or you went and hired an attorney and didn't even tell your spouse and blindside them serving them. Uh, It puts everybody at a defensive mode when they come through our process and they're able to invite a spouse to participate and we're able to wait for them to catch up to where they are emotionally. It's very, it saves our clients so much time, money, and stress. I think you really hit the nail on the head when you said invite the spouse to participate. You know, you can have a conversation where you say, I've decided to use a professional to help me do the financial analysis. And I invite you to participate that in as well. So we can have as accurate a picture for both of us as we can versus I need your financials. I'm going to take them, I'm going to give them to somebody and you'll never see them again, you know, except in court. So I think it really positioning, you know, think about it. So much of what we say is about the delivery rather than the actual message. And so if we spent a little bit of time focused on that delivery, it can really help the result. They deserve that. Families deserve that opportunity to work through. I mean, you work, you work together to get married. You know, you can work together to get divorced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to take the time, and I think this is what both of you are saying, to take the time to invest in an emotional foundation and a financial foundation on which to move forward, because that will determine if you're able to mediate or if you have to go to litigation or, or a combination of the two. But it really you know, a lot of couples want to mediate, but if they don't have the financial foundation, mediation is going to fail or they're at such odds with each other emotionally. They can't see beyond that to a financial um, analysis, right, which is neutral and then take that to litigation or be surprised and realize, you know what, we can mediate because we can learn to communicate in a different way through this process. And, you know, kind of reframe what is emotional and and that you need to work through on that basis, which is wholly separate and different than negotiating a financial transaction, even though they're interrelated. Yeah, I think as Catherine mentioned, the top two fears in divorce are financial and child custody. The shame that I feel in that is that what an important component of this process are the emotions of both people and the children. And yet nobody walks in and says, I'm afraid of feeling sad. And that's my only concern in this divorce. I'm afraid of feeling angry. And they neglect 
that whole component. And one of the things I think happens is to both the issue of people bringing divorce coaches in in the process and people bringing financial experts like yourself in is women have been trained over the years to not invest in themselves. We have been trained to invest in everybody else, kids, husbands, parents, siblings, you name it. But the last thing I'm going to go do is something for myself because so-and-so needs something else. And as a result, when it comes to divorce, what happens is they see um, the financial work. They see the coaching work as a nice to have, as a luxury, when in fact, it is the springboard for everything. And it is really a necessity, but the way the way they have been trained to look at things is that all I need is an attorney. And unfortunately, nine out of 10 women that take that approach are going to come back a few years later in regret, number one, how much they had to spend on that divorce with that attorney. And number two, that they didn't get the results that they wanted. But it's it's kind of been conditioned in our DNA. And one of the things I want to do in that is break that chain, is make women see that they are valuable, that they deserve to be an equal participant, and that knowledge is power. Gosh, and knowledge is everything in divorce. And you said yeah. some things here, Beverly, that I just want to jump off my seat and congratulate because I can't tell you how many times we have assessment calls of women who are just so afraid to spend the money to get their financial portrait or whose attorneys say to them, you don't need that. You know, my question always is, why are you calling us if you don't need that, right? right? Or we're going to help you do that. I mean, one of the cases was my attorneys, my friend that we, they've spent $150,000. She still called us, but her attorney said her $10,000 portrait would be too much. And I, I want to say what? Or <laughs> these spouses who are going outside of their marriage and spending a ton of money on other people and other things then tell yes. you, you don't need financial guidance. I'm going to show you everything that we have. I, here's our net worth statement. You don't need to see the documents. I've always shaken There's care a of good it. reason they're saying that. <laughs> right, right. And I want you, if you're listening to hear what Beverly is saying, is that you deserve to invest in yourself because this investment Absolutely. is going to come back to you in twofold with probably thousands or hundreds or however many dollars. And not only just in that sense, but in your own confidence and changing your own story, your own relationships, mm -hmm. moving forward, what it's going to save you. you. You'll never be able to be repaid that. Absolutely. And if, and if you can't, because of maybe where your head's at, say, I think I deserve to invest in myself. If you can ask yourself the reverse question, what's going to happen if I don't invest in myself? So I think that can be an equally powerful question um, that really can help you see things. For example, your husband's probably investing in something for this, right? Mm -hmm. um, or your spouse. And um, if you don't, you're going to wake up down the road and find that there's something and probably more than one thing that you didn't know about, that you didn't understand, that you didn't realize. And 
it's too late to undo it. I think sometimes people think, well, I can do this and then he'll be nice and he'll do this for me and I'll do this for him. But that deal's locked in stone unless and unless something really unusual happens, you can't change it. You know, I always say you can agree to a financial agreement and if it's in writing, you're protected if if it's properly written. And if you decide not to take that asset into your own name or you decide that you've got too much and your spouse is really being so nice to you and you want to give it back, you can give it back. But you cannot go back, like you say, and undo an agreement. Ask for more. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And ask for more. So what so many people don't realize either, and it is a true statement, the person who has been the financial manager probably needs to spend less money, right? Because all they have to do is sit and cross their arms and wait for motions, subpoenas, whatever, to come along, which typically don't come along, or if they do, they're half answered. So their role in the divorce process is less costly. Their investment is probably how do I move things to financially be advantageous here while the other side's trying to figure it out. And so that when we bring in the MDS financial portrait or when clients start to engage in understanding their finances ahead of time, that's already laid out so that there's less of that and you have a direct route to what you need to make financial decisions. And so the investment piece of that is important, not so much because you're on the defensive, but you just need to be in the know and on the same playing field as everybody else. And so, you know, your work with them, Beverly, your work with women and people to really understand that investment piece is is just invaluable. Can I give an example there, Karen? Um, As you're telling that story, I'm thinking of one of many people. And here's the example. There's a cash account, a bank account, and has $160,000 in it. And so the attorneys say, okay, each of you take $80,000 because one, that's how their attorney bill is their retainers getting paid. And then two is they're expecting the non-working spouse, the stay-at-home mom, to live off of that $80,000. And in the same time period, the working spouse is now pocketing their paychecks. And so they both agree, sure, we're both going to live off this 80000 But nobody is pointing out that sp- the spouse who's working, his 80000 although he might be using it because that's what's being told, he's saving his paycheck there if you're not getting a support payment. And we hear all the time, you don't need a support payment yet. We'll wait for a court date. We'll wait for our mediation date. You have that $80,000 to use. Well, that's that's money you're not getting back. And right. so to Karen's point, the person who's been in the money manager or the working spouse sits back and says, this is working for me because I'm seeing this new account I just set up. Why do I need to push anything? And I'll fill out things half-happily. Half, uh, what do you say? Haphazardly. Thank you. Uh, I'm a financial <laughs> person, not a word person. Um, and it, and they don't understand that until later down because their attorneys say things like, oh, we'll get that back in the final order. Oh, we'll get that back later. Well, let me tell you something. When that later comes, then we hear, oh, that's already been taken care of. Oh, we thought, you know, do you really want to spend money trying? Do you want to spend 20000 trying to get 20000 back? So you need this information and you deserve this information. 
Um, no matter what anybody else tells you, you need to look in the mirror and say, I am worth it. And I deserve mm -hmm. someone to help me coach through my emotions. And I deserve the financial investment in myself, no matter what anybody else tells you. That's your first big win. Yeah, most of the women that come to me, I would say 75% have experienced some degree of emotional or mental abuse to the point that they don't think very highly of themselves. Overall, women even that aren't in a divorce, statistics show that 80% of women don't feel confident. You take divorce and you layer that on top of that lack of confidence and the woman goes lower and lower and lower. You throw on top of it some shame and guilt from getting divorced and she goes lower and lower and lower. And sometimes you can get to the place where you're so low, you can't pick yourself up by the bootstraps and just flick a switch and you feel better. You need somebody to help you get through that. You need somebody to believe in you before you can believe in you. And you need somebody to remind you of here's all the good in you. One of the things that I have clients do when they first come to me is do an analysis of their spouse, an analysis of their marriage, and an analysis of themselves and compare them. And what's amazing is if you have them write out an emotional assets and liabilities, that um, their liabilities will be a very long list. And they have a very difficult time coming up with their assets or positive attributes. And so I literally have to walk them through that process of realizing the good in them to get them to a neutral starting point to be able to engage in the divorce process. Because if they don't believe they're okay, they're not going to take any power. They're not going to be empowered through the process. And you have to be to have a successful divorce. Good for you. What great assessments are they? I feel like we have a webinar here, ladies. Um, oh, my God. I got chills from that. That's amazing. Yeah. I bet you would as a financial person. Yeah. You know what? You know, I was a fortunate one that was raised by a CPA and he raised us for four girls to not ever be dependent on a man. Like, I don't know if it's a curse or a blessing, but it is. Um, so I have a different story, but I definitely have the emotional abuse from being married to a narcissist before. So um, the fact, I mean, one of the things that Karen and I love about our process is when we see our clients just shift a little bit of how they're thinking and feeling about mm -hmm. themselves, but then to incorporate your, your assessments into that, powerful, very powerful. And, and yeah. gosh, it is why we all do what we do, right? The three of us is why right. we're so passionate about what we do because divorce does not define who you are. It is a chapter in your story and what a great next chapter you can write for yourself. Yeah, I think I have 15 years of corporate financial services background before my 30 years of coaching. So I can, I bring a lot of the need to measure and track progress because I don't want any woman to come and say, well, I spent this amount of money just to sit and chat with her. That's not the purpose of coaching. If you want to go and chat, you can talk to a friend, talk to a support group, talk to a therapist, but we're here to make progress. And, but in a very loving and empathetic and kind way, I don't mean for it to sound sterile and corporate. 
but I want to be able to show you that you're now at a better place when you came to me. I feel better today. I don't know why, but I feel a little better. (laughs) Oh my goodness. That's just profound and powerful. Um, You know, giving people and especially women that opportunity to reset and, and root themselves into who they are so that they can move forward with confidence is extraordinary. And, and you're right. There's so many variables of coaches out there, but what you bring to the table is so important. And so wow, I really appreciate the work that you do. Well, you know, it reminds me of Beverly, you might be able to appreciate this, but you know, that emotional value, you know, we often talk about the emotional value to every asset and every debt that you own. It's something that a CDFA on, you know, I'm a CDFA, but if you're hiring me just to be a CDFA, that's not what I do, right? Um, I'm directed by an attorney or a mediator to what they want. But in our process, in our platform, you know, when you talk about that house or you talk about when they say that's my husband's pension, you know, I, they, we hear all the reasons why they don't have a pension in their name because I raised the kids and because I was never. And the fact that they get to get that out and we turn all of that into data because we're a data driven company, just that, that that's where we see a lot of their growth, right? So here's the house and we get your emotional value to it. You raised your kids, you put all your time and effort, but then when we see them calling it a husband's pension and then we call it let's just say the J&J pension we're transforming that into what it actually is that yes. knowledge alone you start seeing the shift in how they're thinking about it and themselves oh absolutely but keep in mind they were probably trained to think that way or groomed to think that way right so mm-hmm. it's not only it's it's undoing some of the grooming to be able to get them to that place. Whether it's the DNA that I talked about, you know, the generations of thinking we're not worthy. You need to get to that point where you are to be able to really do the work. That's great. So great. And I think so many people attach emotions directly to assets. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I know my mother, her, her emotional attachments were to things were to the things passed down to her through the generation. So a table or a chair and likewise on a bigger scale in a divorce is the house. That's so important. What I have to do is I have to help them shift from the emotional approach to the house to the logical approach to the house, you know, okay, let's say you get the house. What's that going to look like? What does that mean? Can you afford it? And then we look at your data and we say, hmm, interesting here. You can't afford it. You can't afford it. You know, those kinds of things. But to make informed decisions, I think, is the key. Oh, definitely. Yes. Yeah. We turn your fear into focus and that focus becomes your knowledge and then that knowledge like becomes that. your power. Yeah. That's great. All right, Beverly. I might have to borrow that. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. Yeah, that's good. Um, Beverly, what would you, do you have one thing that you want to share with everyone as we um, close our discussion down today? What's one thing you would like our audience to take away from our discussion? Remember that a divorce lasts a lifetime. It's not a short-term event. While there is a beginning and end to the legal process, there is not a beginning and end to the emotional and the financial process. 
Therefore, it behooves you to invest in whatever you need to do to make those two aspects of your divorce in your life as strong as possible. And that's by getting the help. Nobody can be an expert in all things. So turn to people that have experience, free that baggage up off your shoulders, let them do that work with your input and with your work. Um, to get you the right answers so you don't come back three years from now and go, gosh, if I had only, if I had only. Those are the words I never want to hear a woman say, if I had only. That's great. Thank you. Thank you. This concludes this episode on thinking divorce. It matters where you start. Beverly, how can our listeners find you and learn more about you? They can go to herempowereddivorce.com. And they can listen to my podcast there. They can find access to all the resources and they can book a free consultation with me. I also am offering a free ebook on why use a divorce coach that they can find. And I will give you that information for the show notes. Perfect. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you so much for a fantastic conversation. Oh, thank you both so much. It's been a pleasure. Great. If you're considering divorce, make sure to protect your wealth with divorce financial planning from My Divorce Solution. Our certified divorce experts will help you untangle your finances and understand your settlement options so you can negotiate your marital assets with confidence. Protect your financial estate with divorce financial planning. Visit MyDivorceSolution.com to see if you qualify to work with our financial divorce experts. That's MyDivorceSolution.com for expert divorce financial planning. Thanks for joining us on another episode of We Chat Divorce. We hope this episode was informative and supportive on your divorce journey. If you're looking for more support for navigating divorce with confidence and clarity, head over to MyDivorceSolution.com for more podcast episodes, divorce events, and resources for your divorce. We'll see you back here for our next episode.